Hello, and welcome to show number 2346 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. You know, you can use the same tool throughout the year and on your exam. And if you're blind, the tool won't be a reason that, you know, it, it might get you stuck or discourage you from any kind of interest you might have in mathematics. I wish these tools existed 20 years ago. They didn't. And we'll be talking more about this tool that is not only useful to sighted people, but has been made very accessible and very useful to people with vision issues. Desmos Studios offers a variety of accessible software tools for working with mathematics, including scientific and graphing calculators, a matrix calculator, and a recently released 3D calculator. We'll talk with accessibility specialist Stephen Clower from Desmos about how they came to make these tools accessible and how they work. But first, for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Stephen Clower. My tip is never sacrifice your health for your job. It's a wise comment. Well, the reason for that uh, particular tip is the uh, last job ended up getting extremely stressful. And that is literally what I did. I put my work before my health and yeah, uh, kind of a tough lesson, but I learned it. And so anyone that asks for any sort of advice I have is focus on you first. And then once you're good, the world can wait. It's important to lead a balanced life all around. Yeah, absolutely. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Timecrest, an iPhone and Apple Watch fantasy story game that delivers plot twists and deep emotional punches while being 100% accessible with many voiceover-specific features. You can find more information at timecrest.com. That's T-I-M-E-C-R-E-S-T dot com. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Stephen. Hello, my name is Stephen Clower, and I am the Accessibility Specialist at Desmos Studio, BBC. But that is not where you were working the last time we interviewed you nearly 10 years ago. Indeed not. Uh, the company that I worked for then no longer exists and was acquired by a couple of other companies. And yeah, lots of stuff happened and I'm not there anymore. <laughs> and here I am at Desmos. We'll be talking in just a bit in a little bit more detail about what Desmos is, but it is a tool for people who are visually impaired, and I understand you are also. Um, that is partially correct. So your second statement, yes, I am uh, legally blind. So like you, Pete, I am reliant on screen reading technology to do my day-to-day. -day. Um, but the Desmos tools weren't actually designed for people with disabilities at all, at least not, not initially. Um, they're very visual. Uh, you know, a lot of attention is given on usability and uh, aesthetics. It wasn't until I sent them an email saying, hey, your stuff doesn't work for me that they 
decided to uh, kind of really look into that. And it turns out they really are good tools for the visually impaired. I've played around with a little bit. And as a sighted person, I have nosed around on your website and looked at some of the, you know, try it out here options, and they are very attractive. So they managed to hit that very well. And this shows the importance of people like you and I speaking up to developers and saying, hey, you have a great tool there. Why can't I use it? Let's make it happen. You know, that uh, pretty much summarizes the email that I sent to them. <laughs> Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is some of the accessible software tools for working with mathematics provided by Desmos Studios. Well, Steve, we kind of danced around what Desmos is, but for people who aren't familiar with this tool that I just found out about myself, give us a quick overview before we get into some details. Sure, ha happy to. So Desmos, uh, which is spelled D-E-S-M-O-S, -S, by the way, uh, for those listening, uh, we actually create several tools. Um, our overarching mission is to create uh, accessible and, uh, you know, not just accessible in terms of like blind people can use it, but accessible in terms of low financial cost, i.e. nothing, uh, and availability on as many devices as possible. And we create tools such as a uh, graphing calculator, a four function calculator, scientific calculator, a geometry construction tool. And as of this past Thursday uh, that we're recording this, we released a beta of our 3D calculator. So we are very math centric, very STEM uh, focused. I'm curious, what is a 3D calculator? 3D calculator, that's a really good question. And it's our, our 2D calculator interface from our, our graphing tool. But it makes possible for you to create constructions or models in three-dimensional space. So you can create things like spheres or services by using inequalities, uh, you know, 3D parametrics and, and all that kind of stuff. Think of it kind of as like, maybe a CAD tool. Um, but in this case, it's it uses the calculator to render everything and it runs inside your browser or if you have a new enough uh, mobile device, it can run on your phone. So now you mentioned a whole bunch of other tools, including graphing calculators and scientific calculators, which are generally devices that a lot of students and professionals make use of in STEM fields but not all of them are accessible, or if they are, they're pretty expensive to use. How did all this come about that they made tools like this and then made them accessible to people who are visually impaired? Sure. So to answer that question, I need to go back in time about 20 years for me uh, when I was a senior in high school. And I was taking an AP statistics course that left a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, a, because it seemed like all the interesting math topics required special hardware that people like me were just never going to be able to use. Um, but also that I had to do all of that extra work for, you know, seemingly nothing. 
So in college, I had even worse issues because of technology that was, okay, it was on a computer now, but it was all Flash-based. And that was even worse. For people who don't know, Flash is a software-based technology that made things visible in graphics on the screen. Yeah, and it was great for developing games and things like that. Of course, it was rife with security problems, which is why that technology ultimately died. But again, throughout college, you know, I had the same same frustration. And at that point, I was also trying to get work and, you know, get my life started. And I didn't have time to keep futzing around with all that stuff. So, you know, I did what I had to do and then I just moved on and just kind of had this grudge for education technology in general, just because there were so many accessibility problems, not just with the math stuff, with everything. So what happened after college? So fast forward many years um, past the time that we had our interview in 2014 to the end of 2015. And I was looking for some extra work to supplement my income. And uh, my mom, who was a math teacher, um, she met somebody at a conference who worked at this company called Desmos. And she'd been sending me these job links for a while and said, you know, why don't you check these guys out? And I'm like, fine, I'll look at it. I thought it was a math company and all, all I could do was roll my eyes. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I gather things have worked out pretty well for you at Desmos since you're still there. Yes. First thing that caught my attention was they were not flash-based. That gave me a lot of hope that maybe it would work. Then I loaded up their website and was disappointed. But instead of just saying, yep, here we go again, and throwing in the towel, I just I shot them an email because I knew I could help them fix it. And really, to my surprise, they responded. So we uh, began work on, at the time, the only tool they had was a graphing calculator. And they were starting to build a curriculum tool uh, to do like K-12 uh, classroom lessons. But those are the only things they had. So they kind of hired me on as a part-time contractor to start making the equation editor accessible. I mean, when I say nothing worked, I literally mean nothing. Nothing talked. There were no shortcuts. Nothing was labeled as buttons. I mean, you couldn't get around. The most you could do was type stuff and assume that there were things on the screen. So that was kind of my first thing that I did. And uh, then we added our um, audio tracing feature, which turns graphs into sound. And at the same time, started adding accessibility to the websites and keyboard shortcuts and all that kind of stuff. So as our new tools were being written, we just kind of had accessibility in the forefront of our minds because a, it was benefiting a lot of people that, you know, weren't necessarily blind. They were just being helped by having these other things in the tools, but also it was, it was good for business. I won't lie. One of the reasons they wanted to push for accessibility was because someone they were trying to get a contract with required it and they didn't have it. They needed it. Um, and I showed up at just the right time and they got that contract and we're still partners with them, you know, seven years later. So you really were the impetus for getting the ball rolling at Desmos to make these facilities that were really originally developed for sighted individuals fully accessible for people who couldn't see. The impetus, yes, but had the rest of the team not cared, this would have flopped. So I will take credit for at least getting it started, but I can't take credit for all the 
the great work that's continued to happen uh, through all this. It sounds like you got a lot of internal support from the group to continue this effort. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more specifically about some of these tools. I and mean, graphing calculators are very important to anybody in the STEM field. And if they're not accessible, how can you proceed? What do these tools do? So these tools, uh, their names sort of give away kind of what they're designed for, at least optimized for. Actually, there was one that I forgot to mention, which was our matrix calculator uh, earlier. So I just want to add that to the list. Well, some math students might even know what a matrix is, depending on their level of math. <laughs> yeah. But they are important parts of mathematics. They absolutely are. And it's not the same as the movie. True. Or is it? <laughs> yeah. So our tools are, you know, designed to, you know, have as low of barrier to entry as we can possibly make it. We want people to load up the, you know, whatever thing they need and just, you know, hit the ground running. So give us an idea of how the graphing calculator works. So in the case of the graphing calculator, uh, students can, you know, do very basic to extremely complex stuff. You know, you can write simple equation, two plus two equals four. Uh, if you want to see what a sine wave looks like, you can do y equals sine of x and, you know, literally just type all these into the expression editor. And if you're using a screen reader, these commands will speak and not only will they speak, but they will be verbally appropriate. Uh, and what do I mean by that? So if you type y equals S-I-N-X, that's, you know, the uh, equation for y equals sine of x. That's what we'll say. We'll actually say y equals sine x. You don't need the parentheses? I mean, you can add them, and that's fine. But our uh, compiler that we use is smart enough to know what you mean, at least most of the time. We, we, we try to not outguess you, but we get enough feedback that we usually know what people mean um, a lot of the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can literally just type y equals sign x. Or if you're typing a fraction, um, you type 2 slash 3, and then you go out of the fraction and type x, we'll say two-thirds x, or, you know, x squared, you know, x uh, superscript two. We actually say x squared. We don't just always say the same format all the time. We, we try to optimize it so it makes sense, because especially if you're using our tools with a screen reader in really any application, there's a lot to contend with, a lot of variables and a lot of things that might go wrong or things you just have to know. And now, since this is a graphing calculator, it will produce a graph of something like y equals sine x on the screen, and you can navigate around the graph to see what points are on the curve, and there's also some audio feedback, isn't there? Yes. So that feature is called Audio Trace, and if a graph can be traced in this manner, we will tell you, um, for example, if you're in the expression and you finished writing it and it's been graphed, we'll say has graph. And uh, the audio trace support will also say to turn on audio trace, press alt T, at least if you're on a Windows machine, if you're on a Mac will, or a iPhone, we'll say press option T. Once this mode is on, you can do a few things like listen to the graph, just kind of as a single rendering from left to right. So when you say as a single rendering left to right, it adjusts the pitch according to whatever height there is on the curve. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, sh I should be careful with my, my words here. What I mean by that is we will sweep 
going from left to right across the screen, and also if you have headphones on, kind of approximating that same position in stereo. And as we move, what you'll hear is the the pitch of the tone, how high or how low it is, uh, represents how high or low on the screen the curve is at that given time. We also have a few other cues like uh, playing static if you are below, you know, where Y or X equals zero, or we'll change the timbre of the note that you hear a little bit to indicate whether you are below or above one of the other axes. So you might be asking, why, why do we have these cues? And it kind of reinforces the position, but also if you don't have access to stereo output, maybe you only have hearing in one ear, maybe you have an iPhone that has one speaker, or you're just not in a position to really catch all that stereo data, these cues can serve as kind of alternative ways for you to know what's happening. So as you're moving along the curve with the arrow keys, you'll kind of get two things happen. You'll hear the tone of where you are at that snapshot in time, but you'll also hear the coordinates of where you are. So like X zero, Y zero, or X pi over two, Y zero. And, you know, as, as Pete, as you were mentioning before, just getting to certain points on the curve, we call those points of interest. And if that's all you care about, you don't need to use the arrow keys. You can just use tab and shift tab. Like you might move around in a dialogue box. And if there are points of interest, we will tell you what those are. Things like where does Y cross zero? Or where does X cross zero? Where does this intercept any other curves that might have been graphed? Yeah, I noted that also, that if you plot two curves on your graph, just like these Texas Instrument calculators that many students and professionals use themselves, it will tell you the intersection of the two graphs, where the two lines or curves meet each other. Yes. So that's kind of what AudioTrace does. Um, I don't want to minimize its capabilities, but there's just so much that our, our tools can do. And I know we're not going to be able to cover a fraction of that in this time, but that does give students a way to explore graphs in real time. And in many different ways. In many different ways. One other way that uh, we support, if you uh, have access to a supported embosser, you can actually create a Braille version of your graph straight from our calculator. And granted, the support for the embossers that we have right now, you know, it's fairly limited, but it does exist. And if you're in a situation where you need to create a tactile graph, I mean, you know, let, let, let's be honest here. Being able to feel something is always, always going to be preferable to being able to hear it. You can communicate a lot more information, you know, through, through sight, through touch, than you often can through sound. Are these tools compatible with the two-dimensional graphic displays? The, you know, not just a Braille embosser, but you can have refreshable Braille display? I'm happy you asked that question. So we did some work um, with one of the uh, graffiti prototypes a few years ago and had some very good success with that. Uh, we are partners with uh, APH and Humanware on the Monarch display that they are working on. So. Are we compatible today with this updated version of that kind of technology? Uh, maybe, maybe not. It's a moving target at this point. Yeah, it, it's still a moving target, but we are in communication with, with those people, and they have been crucial 
partners to kind of not not just give us feedback, but also legitimize the work that we're doing. So you described in a fair amount of detail how these tools work with the graphing calculator and the kind of feedback you can get depending on what you need. And I assume it works similarly with your other tools, like your three-dimensional calculator and your matrix calculator. Uh, yes and no. So probably the closest version of this, um, as far as the, the behavior that you'll see is in our scientific four function and uh, geometry tools, actually. Well, in all of them, you're going to have a talking equation editor. And if there's some kind of evaluable output, like two plus two equals four, or we're trying to tell you something, you will hear that in all of our tools. Where it gets a little dicier is the type of output. So for example, for function scientific calculator, there's no graphing in that whatsoever. So we'll tell you what, what's been evaluated and, you know, that's all there is to it. Kind of the same idea with uh, the matrix calculator. Getting around might be a little unusual if you're not used to navigating matrices, but that's fine. Uh, geometry too. Um, we've got enough in uh, our new tool that, uh, you know, you can create geometry constructions with a screen reader, kind of hear where things are, uh, move around the board, and create a tactile rendering uh, if you've got an embosser. Or, of course, you know, print it out or send a link to somebody else to to look at. 3D, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we released this as a public beta at the time of this recording, like four or five days ago. Um, all that to say, you can create equations you can hear what you've done, but audio trace is currently not available in 3d. And that's something that we are still looking at. And we might or might not find a, you know, a reasonable solution. This might be a case where you're going to need something like the Monarch to really take advantage and, and, and see what's going on with a, a three dimensional object. Well, it sounds like some great work there and some very useful tools, particularly for people who are visually impaired. I'm, Glad to see this work happening, and I hope many students and professionals avail themselves of these resources. Oh, I, I do too. Um, one thing that I did want to mention about these tools, by the way, is that uh, we are on, I want to say it's either 42 or 44 state assessments at this point. Uh, we are on the digital SAT uh, and ACT. So if you're doing any sort of math exploration in especially upper level, like high school, there's a very good chance you're going to use the Desmos calculators uh, throughout the year and on your exams. You know, in my view, this is a very good thing because we are actually accessible. People can use us. You know, you can use the same tool throughout the year and on your exam. And if you're blind, the tool won't be, at least we hope it won't be, a reason that you know, it, it might get you stuck or discourage you from any kind of interest you might have in mathematics. Um, I wish these tools existed 20 years ago. They didn't. But at least I can be on the other side of it now and hopefully have or at least provide a better experience for students today uh, than what I had growing up. And here's a quick demo of the Desmos tools. And if you want to listen to more, you can find them on their website. 
expression one colon quote y quote equals sign quote x quote as graph to audio trace result plus t dot edit x axis visible from negative 10 to 10 y axis visible from negative 9.147 to 9.147 two audio traceable curves to hear the graph press h Expression 2 colon quote x quote equals pi equals 3.141592653599 as graphed intersection with expression 1 at x colon pi y colon 0. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about this powerful suite of mathematical tools from Desmos Studios and how to contact their accessibility department. Well, Stephen, we only had time to scratch the surface on some of these tools today, but if people want to find out more, how could they do that? You can find out more by visiting our website, which is www.desmos.com. And there you can find links to all of the tools. You can find our apps for iOS and Android. You can find our getting started videos, social media. Uh, You can find our art contest (laughs) where some people have submitted entries that use our audio trace feature in ways we never intended, i.e. to make music. And if you want to get a hold of our accessibility uh, department, which is mostly me, (laughs) <laughs> you can email accessibility at desmos.com. And if you're interested in trying any of our stuff with a screen reader, we do have a very extensive, some might say exhaustive page that describes all of our accessibility features and gives guidance on how to set up your screen reader, whether it be JAWS, NVDA, Narrator, VoiceOver, TalkBack, ChromeVox. I think I've covered all of them. So these tools run on various platforms. If you run, want to run it on the web or on one of your devices or as a standalone program, you can do that. Correct. And we do actually test with these. We don't just write the instructions and then forget about it. But to find out all of that information, you can just go to desmos.com slash accessibility. Do you have a social media presence? Yes, we are on Twitter or X or whatever it's being called today. And that is twitter.com slash Desmos. We are also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Desmos. Facebook is facebook.com slash Desmos Inc. That's D-E-S-M-O-S-I-N-C. And I'm told, well, I know we're on, I think, Instagram and threads, and I think those are also Desmos Inc., but I don't use either of those services, so I couldn't tell you. If these tools are free to the public, how are you funded? We are funded pretty much by our partnerships that we have with various publishers and test vendors and all that. And no venture capital. We can control our own destiny. In fact, the PBC in our name stands for Public Benefit Corporation. So we we can put the public good ahead of any kind of shareholder interest. In case you missed any of the contact information, it can be found in the show notes for episode 2346 at our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. 
That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking with Shelley Brisbane, author of iOS Access for All, your comprehensive guide to accessibility for iPhone and iPad, about this recently released valuable reference guide. Shelley will discuss what can be found in the book and will highlight features of interest including point-to-speak, customizing voiceover voices, personal voice, and more. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope to catch you again next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.